everyone and welcome to episode 5 of this week's podcast. This week the issue we discussed was surrounding Boys and Girls Day. Olivia and I will now be discussing some of the issues we think girls in society face most commonly. The issues that we've chosen to speak about for the girls issues are appearance and body image, feminine expectations and relationships and fitting in. In regards to relationships and fitting in, we decided that some of the main problems girls experience these days are the people we surround ourselves with and we don't necessarily realise what a big influence they have on who we are as people. Liv, what are your thoughts on this? In regards to who we surround ourselves with, I 100% agree with you. Um, we don't immediately recognise how much of a big impact they'll have on, they'll have on us and um, our choices that we might choose to make. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think it's really taking the time to decide who your truest friends are and really who will impact you for the better. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to find that. Like, I know I definitely didn't find my tribe or group of friends until probably year nine, year ten. Year seven and eight, you kind of go into it thinking, I've got to find my friends straight away. I've got to find the people who I know I really like. And it can be hard to find that and it takes a while because obviously people grow, um, people change. And I know that's a big thing we um, discussed with one of our guest speakers this week was people don't necessarily realise that it's okay for friendships to drift apart. And like I said, yeah. people definitely grow and obviously you lose things in common, you sometimes fall out of touch and it's okay for that to happen. And definitely, even when we make the transition from year 10 to year 11 to a totally different school, sure, friendships are going to change. But I think that by year 10, by this year, we've all really um, come out with our truest friends, the ones that we're really closest with. Yeah. Um, I guess in regards to people who have negative influences on your life, it can be really, really hard to, I guess, cut ties with a person who you don't believe necessarily lifts you up whether that be they don't encourage you, they don't support you. And I guess the word for it is a toxic friendship. Liv, do you have any advice on maybe, I guess, cutting ties with a friend who doesn't bring you up? Well, in regards to advice, um, I would say if you really don't know what to do, uh, go to an adult that you trust. That's something that I've definitely done throughout my primary school years and even throughout my early um, uh, use at CIC St Albans. Uh, so going to an adult, I think, is really uh, good, good thing to do. Um, or even just having a one-on-one -on -one sit down with the person that you've got this relationship with um, can also be really helpful. Yeah. And then just building on that, like I guess having a conversation with that friend and discussing what your problems are is really, really good because it means that you can both identify whatever you believe is going on between each other and it's a way to kind of come up with a solution, whether that be the friendship disbands or you decide to work on it and try and make yep. the friendship better. Um, yep. Another issue we discussed this week was um, fitting in. Um, as we know, a lot of girls who tend to get to our age, being a teenager, all you want to do is fit in, be with the in-group, be popular in a sense, I guess. Um, and one of my big things that I've always learned, that my mum has always told me, is um, why fit in when you were born to stand out? 
Um, does that quote resonate with you in any way, Liz? And if so, how? Um, one thing that uh, really stands out to me about what you've just said is um, you're beautiful, like, you, we've heard this before a million times, but we're beautiful in our own way, but that is 110% true. Like, beauty is how you want to perceive yourself, whether that's from the outside or from the inside or from both. Um, it's just looking into the mirror and just telling yourself that you are beautiful because you are. Um, uh, it's also about our actions, how we just choose to go on during day-to-day -day life, how nice we are to people at school. Um, being kind, I think, is just my number one priority um, for my beauty to shine. Yeah, agreed. And I think, you know, everyone at some point in their life is going to crave to fit in. And it can be really hard to identify that, you know, fitting in doesn't necessarily fitting mean fitting the status quo, you know what I mean? Like sometimes fitting in just means being yourself because that's all everyone else around you is trying to be. So I think it's really important that everyone remembers that. Um, over you, yeah. Liv, in your issue you discuss. Um, in uh, my regards to feminine expectations, I thought that something that I should really bring up was um, things like beauty magazines, fashion shows and clothing advertisements mm -hmm. um, and how they promote low self-esteem. Uh, on uh, social media, Instagram and Snapchat or whatever we've got, um, celebrities will always pop up but and we just choose to look at them and think that that's the ideal uh, uh, Body life, type, personality, everything. Yeah. Um, but beauty is different for all people and if that's their level of beauty, then we don't have to choose to fit up to that, to mm -hmm. live up to that. Mm. Be your own kind of beauty. Yeah. And that's the thing with like the media and tabloids and magazines and social media. They definitely twist, um, I guess, our own perception of ourselves. Because if you look at like all the models that pop up on Instagram and that, like they're essentially saying this is what you need to look like and if you don't, well, you're not beautiful. And it's awful because for young girls especially going through social media and seeing things like that, that can be absolutely crushing. And like yeah, and it what really the media doesn't seem way. to understand is a lot of girls who do see this end up developing things like eating disorders later on down the track because they've had this expectation of beauty held over them for so long and it's so awful mm -hmm. because it's not. Like you said, everyone's beautiful in their own way and beauty's, I guess, it means nothing if it only really lies skin deep. And, and, it, and it really, it's just not healthy at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next topic we discussed was appearance and body image. So I guess the major feel for appearance and body image we had this week was talking about the major cause of female body image in, today, in today's society. What are your thoughts on this list? Um, just, going back to, um, just going back to what I said about um, magazines and social media, uh, that's really for, in the eyes of most people, the ideal picture of beauty. And um, like unrealistic uh, 
beauty expectations, expectations. standards. Yep. Yep. Um, that needs to change. We can't have this. Okay. Um, it's it's not healthy. Uh, it, it's wrong. It's deceiving. Uh, and for young girls, uh, when they're brought up with this, uh, even like uh, the generation nowadays, they're getting it even worse. Yeah. Um, so something needs to be done about it. And it can definitely be really hard to break the cycle of looking at images that, I guess, display um, negative expectations over women's bodies. Because it's not always, you don't always have to be following a model who's promoting, you know, being perfect. Sometimes ads can just pop up anywhere and everywhere that have different models, different quotes talking about what the standard of beauty is. And it can be hard to kind of get away from that because it's everywhere nowadays. Like, yeah. it doesn't even have to be on a Victoria's Secret billboard. It can be right down to some lady eating a burger on top of a car. And it's so hard because it's like you can't really get away from it. So it definitely does need to stop in the media. And the media, I think yeah. they're going to get bored pretty soon with the amount of women who are coming up and saying, you know, it's not fair the expectations that you hold over young women's head nowadays. And, yeah, it's just awful. So I guess that's all we have for discussion-wise. Um, but we had some pretty amazing guest speakers come on the show this week, one of them being Sparkles, also known as Jane Higgins. And she usually comes in during Trinity for Year 9 Girls and discusses what it means to be a woman and all the topics surrounding that. Um, Everything we discussed with her was extremely interesting. She's such a lively, fun and happy woman to be around. And it was definitely a great conversation. We were very excited to have her back. Yeah. Here today we have the one and only Sparkles. Many attend would remember Sparkles from last year when she, edu when she educated us about girls' issues. We are so happy to have her back and welcome Sparkles. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, hello, my darlings. I'm all glittered and here for you. Well, I'm based in SA at the moment, so we're not quite as locked down as, as you guys are. Um, and I haven't been working because most of my work's in Victoria, even though I've, you know, I'm based here in Adelaide. Um, so I've just had time out. I've called it the giant pause. So um, I've just been chilling out and uh, eating lots of chocolate and enjoying the sunshine and having some time down the beach and it's been quite lovely. So I live in Adelaide. I've got two adolescent boys who are right. Um, and uh, what else do I do? Oh yeah, I've got a beach house. So I go down there a bit, um, love my work, um, putting together some exciting stuff for next year. So yeah, that's kind of what, I, what I'm about really. So in today's society, a major issue is how females perceive their body and their, and their appearance. I would love to know your personal perception on beauty. So, such, I have your questions and I think they're such great questions. Um, my perception of beauty is authenticity, actually. Um, and, and the reason it's that is because beauty, I can see the most stunning girl as far as her physical appearance and she can be really very flat or not very full of life force or very kind. 
And all of those things make up her beauty as far as I'm concerned. So if, if I see someone who's really beautiful, they've got, their heart's got to match their physicalness as well. And I think their, their beauty comes from within. So that's how I see someone who's beautiful. When I, it's their movement, it's the way they interact with people, it's their smile, it's their eyes. It's, it's not necessarily whether they've got perfect symmetry, you know, their left matches their right or they've got big lips or they're, you know, they've got long eyelashes or any of those things. It really doesn't mean beauty to me. Yeah. It's more that authenticity. Yeah, I definitely agree. I live by like beauty is in the eye of the beholder, which means just because one person doesn't find you beautiful doesn't mean the next person will. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and don't we think that like, you know, we've all got our difference and thank goodness we do because if you think about it biologically, if we all look the same, then it would be a really difficult to tell us apart, but we would never. Our genetics wouldn't carry on. We're meant to look different, because and we're meant to attract different people into our lives. Because otherwise, it would be if you know if a virus came through. And we're talking about Corona, but we're talking about a really big, big, major virus that came through, and it and it particularly targeted, say, let's say, long-haired, blonde, tall girls with symmetry with you know certain size d boobs or whatever if it targeted those people and wrote them off and we all look the same we wouldn't continue we're meant to be diverse we're meant to look different that's part of life and it's a good thing um so the next question is what what were your experiences with images with body image when you were younger and what advice would you give to, the, to your younger self today? To my younger self today, I would, I would say you're just beautiful the way you are. That would be the most important thing. It's funny because I've pulled out some photos recently and I came across this photo of myself when I was about 13 or 14. And I was on a cruise with some, like a, my family and there was a girl on there and she was, you know, quintessentially beautiful. She matched, you know, ticked all the boxes. And I stood next to her and I didn't feel beautiful because I was comparing myself against her. And I felt fat and I felt um, unattractive and not as sexy and, you know, not as skinny, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I came across this photo the other day and I just went, oh, my God, you were so beautiful. And I didn't know it. And I think that's one of the biggest shames that we have as women as we get older is that we realise that, you know, I probably had my heyday. Like, I have probably been as most beautiful as I'm going to be. But, God damn, I'm still going to give it a go, you know. I'm still going to go out there and do things and be outrageous and wear glitter and, you know, buy sparkly tops and, you know, do things that make me feel good, Um which then in turn makes me feel beautiful, I suppose. Um, so that would be the, the first thing is, is that um, my other experiences were always about my boobs. Like my boobs are always really big compared to other girls' boobs. And that always really bothered me. But then later on, I really loved them. And then they fed my babies. And 
and I just thought, oh, they're actually really great. Like, I really like them. I mean, eventually I had to actually go and have some surgery to remove some of them because they were so big um, and they were killing my back and my shoulders had, like, these great big dents in them and stuff. Um, and I really missed them, you know, at those saggy and all that kind of stuff, but I really loved them. So, you know, I think it's loving what you've got and, and being appreciative of of how you're put together, whatever that is, you know. I mean, my skin's a bit dry and that's okay. I can moisturise it a bit or, you know, um, I've got a bit of fat on it. Yeah, okay, I can work out a bit, but I'm not going to spend my whole life trying to fit into a, a box or a Barbie ideal that I'm meant to look like. It's just wasted energy. So I think putting energy where it should be, which is your future, how you want to create your life about what you want to do in the world, what you want to contribute to the world. Those things really matter. But, but this, it really isn't, it's not what it's cracked up to be. It's really not. So then my other ones, what was the other thing? I had some notes. I've made notes. Um, oh, the other thing I thought when I was sort of your age was that I thought that all boys wanted skinny, tall, blonde, um, you know, big breasted, small waist, you know, in those days it was, you know, not cool to have a bum, you know, all those kind of things. So I thought that was what they wanted, but actually th that wasn't the case. And since I've done research on it, I found that actually the things that boys want, if you, if you want to have a boy, you know, relationship, a heterosexual relationship, um, is actually loyalty. You know, that is the most important thing they want. So here I am thinking, oh, I've got to be this. But actually the thing that matters to them is whether I'm loyal and respectful of them and if they feel safe. So, you know, we think one thing, but actually it's often the other. Um, so I think being authentic to yourself is the most important thing, really. Yeah. Like you said before, I think for me a lot of the time my biggest enemy is myself because I'm my biggest critic. Like I judge everything. And obviously you know yourself inside and out. Yeah. And so you're so just pedantic about certain things and it's you always will be your biggest enemy in a sense because you're always going to be your biggest critic and it's hard. But can you also then be your best friend? I, w I would love to sometimes and sometimes I am and then yeah. other times I'm not and it's always you've got to find that balance in the yeah. middle. But like I, I said, it's hard more of your friend than your critic. Yeah. But, but I really agree with you. I think that we are so much harder on ourselves than anyone would ever be on us. Like, you know, we see a pimple or something like that and we think, oh, my God, everyone's looking at it. Like no one gives a shit. No one's looked at it and gone, oh, my God, she's got a pimple. No one cares like that. And I think if we realised how little people worry about those things about us, then we wouldn't worry about it as much. Yeah. Yeah, agreed, honey. Well said. Um, the next question is, what would you say to girls who feel they don't meet the image desired or expected by society? You're not meant to. It's probably my answer. You're just not meant to. You're meant to be you. you there's only one of you. And there will only ever, in the millions of people that have been on the planet in the thousands, tens of thousands of years, there will only ever be you. You're it. So just be you. 
and try and be as, as authentic as you can. And that's hard, I get it. And even at 53, I mean, I'm 53, still hard for me. There's still expectations for me to be a certain thing. You know, I'm meant to retire or I'm meant to, you know, have a heterosexual relationship or I'm meant to be married or, you know, any of those kind of expectations and stuff. They're just, they're, they're so limiting is the word, I think, you know. And so... <sighs> I think that it's our rough edges that make us the most interesting. It's our quirks. It's the differences in us that really are the things that are the gold, not not our similarities. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, example, um, and I may have told you this before, but I went out for dinner with um, a boyfriend once and we were at a pub. And there was a girl there, sorry, there was all these girls walking past and they all had, you know, short skirts on right up to their bums and beautiful long legs and their long hair and, you know, they were gorgeous girls to look at, you know, but no one was really looking at them and they thought everyone was looking at them. I was watching everyone else to see what they were doing. No one was looking at them. And then this one girl walked in and she had a pair of denim jeans on, cap backwards, no makeup, but she was in her skin. Like she was, here I am. And she just walked in and everyone turned around and looked at her and I thought, now there you go. If I could teach you girls that, that's what we need to be thinking. We just need to be in our skin and be comfortable with who we are and we will set the world on fire. One thing I've really learnt from watching like many YouTube videos <laughs> is that once you start to love yourself, what like whatever anyone says won't get to you because you're you you already have self validation and then you just feel beautiful all the time because no matter what anyone says when you look in the mirror you know who you are and you claim it absolutely absolutely look i i will sometimes have days where i'm a little bit like mm, not looking my hottest self today but you know can i can i go down to the supermarket with no makeup on Absolutely, you know. Can I, you know, go out there? I've got the, at the moment, like I'm looking incredibly glamorous up here. But if you could see the bottom of me, like seriously, I've got tracky pants on and really old sneakers on, right? I look gorgeous up here. I'm, I'm pretty crap down here. Do I care? Nah. Um, are you going to judge me on it? Nah. Does it matter? Nah. So I, I think that... <laughs> We have to be more, um, as, you, as you're absolutely right, Rejoice, this, this feeling of inner confidence, of the, it's okay. We don't have to be perfect. We're not meant to be perfect, you know. If you remember when I was with you girls, one of the things I said to you is real girls aren't perfect and perfect girls aren't real. And it's, it's an absolute gold piece of advice. Yeah. And my final question is, what would you say to people who promote unrealistic feminine appearances? My take on it is most of the time they're trying to sell you something. So there's money involved. Um, it, and where there's a promotion of this perfect ideal of how women are meant to be, there's money to be made in promoting that and making us feel crap about ourselves. So, you know, the great thing with marketing is they have this, they create a problem and then they solve it by selling you crap. So if we can keep that in our minds, when we see something that's unrealistic, we need to be mindful of whether they're doing that from 
from a point of view of trying to make some money out of us. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is that I think that we, we are active consumers of what we buy. And if we keep buying stuff that promotes unrealistic body image and ideals of what women are meant to look like, then we're going to get what we're going to get. So if we, if we keep buying stuff, you know, a product, um, and you can look at any advertisers and stuff, you choose the kind of world that you want. And you girls are going to earn millions of dollars in your life. So consume well, consume with um, critical analysis of what you're buying and what messages those advertisements are around women and their roles in society. So I think we can have some power by that, by not buying things, not buying into it. And then when we see it, complain about it, you know. If, if we see something that's really disrespectful about women, then get up there and complain about it. Write to things, put it on Facebook, you know, put it on Insta, join things like, you know, Collective Shout or there's lots of organisations that really get in there and have a, something to say about some of these depictions of women, you know, and how they're, they're advertised. I think it's, it's disrespectful to us and it's disrespectful also to blokes because they don't they don't think this is reasonable either when you talk to to blokes you know young men they don't want women to be you know barefoot pregnant and in the kitchen you know or they don't want all women to be hung over a car you know advertising i don't know soap or something you know it that's not how they want to see their sisters their mothers their girlfriends either so it, it's just not respectful right across the board i think um so be active, you know, be an active consumer about the world that, the kind of world that you want to live in and how people advertise around it. Yeah, that would be my thoughts. Thank you, Rejoice. Thanks for answering my question. Oh, my pleasure, darling. I wish I'd come and give you a big smoochy hug. <laughs> Who's next? Okay, I think I'm next. Okay, Miss Olivia. Uh, okay, so hi, Sparkles. It's nice to see you again. Missed you heaps. Thank you, gorgeous. You too. Um, I just want to say, bring up what you said before, real girls aren't perfect and perfect girls aren't real. When mm. you said that, that brought everything that you spoke about back from last year and it just made me want to cry. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So my first question is, my first question is, what do you think is the biggest challenge that girls face in regards to expectations? Um, I think it's multifaceted, Olivia. I think that we are taught from when we're very young that we're meant to be quiet and skinny and pretty and not wait, make waves and uh, not shout and be pleasant and respectful and polite. And, and those things, that they're, they're important, but we're also we should also be taught to be fierce and strong and have courage and, you know, live our lives with true intent and authenticity. So I think we have to look at how we raise children to begin with and the expectations that we have around them. Um, and then I suppose I also think that social media for you girls is the number one issue I think that you are facing really. Um, and I, look, I'm a big fan of social media, but I think there are elements of it that are really destructive and like what you were saying before, Emily, about this comparing stuff that we do. You know, if we're facing images every day of and scrolling through images every day of, you know, women who look a certain way, positioned a certain way, 
um, you know, who have who are spending literally three to four hours doing makeup and hair before they take a photo, before it's gone through a filter, before you know anything. Then no wonder we're feeling less than because of that. So I think we have to be thinking about how we use social media. So if I go onto my social media, there isn't any celebrities on there. I don't have any, I don't follow any celebrities or anything like that because they don't really offer me anything. They don't, um, they don't make me feel good and I don't, I don't live that life. I, I want to follow people who are inspirational, who are interesting, who are doing great things with their lives, who, um, you know, tell me that they've screwed up and made mistakes and this is how they got through it um, or that they're having a bad day and that's okay. Uh, you know, I want I want realness and authenticity in what I see. I don't want all this other fake stuff, I suppose. Um, so I think we have to be really careful about what we feed ourselves as far as social media. Um, we're looking after our sleep. We're looking after what we're putting in our body as far as food. You know, we're thinking about school and so forth. Great. But then we do this really destructive thing where we spend hours scrolling through you know, Snapchat or Insta or whatever or TikTok and and it's just, a lot of it's just wasted time and energy and I, I think that's one of the biggest things. It's just the waste of time. Yeah. yeah I totally like to agree with what you said about being on social media. I remember my parents were really big on I wasn't allowed to get social media until I was in year eight yep. because I turned 13 at the end of year seven but they just decided year eight was the year I would get it. Sure. Um, and I remember when I first got it, I was following something like over a thousand and five hundred people, mm. and it was just predominantly made up of celebrities. And like day after day, I just went through, and it didn't make me feel good looking at all these other people's lives. And yeah, I just hated it. So in the end, I just ended up unfollowing so many people because it's not worth it looking at everybody else's life. Who cares what they're exactly. doing? You know, that's the other thing, you know. Are they, are they raising money for a great cause or something? Okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'll give you a point for that. But apart from that, do I really want to know how many, you know, layers of mascara you put on this morning? No, not really. I don't care. Yeah. So go you. I think we should all do that every now and again. I think we should all do like a detox of of what we're, we're reading and seeing and absorbing like that so, you know, that, that could be something that maybe you could start in your school, you know, just for half an hour of one lesson. You go through social media and you get rid of some crap, you know, or you have a discussion about who's good in social media, you know, who's worth following and who, who you enjoy watching. So, you know, maybe that's something you girls could put together and, you know, five, five people that you think are great to follow and five people that you're really not enjoying following anymore. You know, and share that amongst each other. Something I also wanted to add was like, mm. for me, social media hasn't really had the biggest impact when it comes to expectations. It's more of my culture that has had the biggest impact. Yeah. Because my in my culture, they have a perception of you have to be on the lighter skin tone. You have to be not skinny but not fat. You have to have um, long hair and. It just, it's played like a really big role because I come from a community where bleaching is very predominant mm -hmm. and it's like parents make their children believe bleaching is, 
is good when it's really not. And I'm like really grateful to come from a family where we don't bleach, but we're taught to love our skin. Yeah. Yeah. And your skin is just beautiful. I mean, I'm looking at it here and going, oh my God, it just radiates. It's just, and you haven't got any glitter on, you know, and your skin just radiates. It's just, it's stunning, you know. And, and we're never happy with what we've got. Yeah. And this is the other part of it, isn't it? You know, we think that we're too dark, we're too light, we're too this, we're too that. We're always too something. And, and I think that's such a shame because, you know, I look at you and I think you're stunning, you know, and I, I don't care if you're dark skin, green skin, blue skinned, whatever. It's, it's, it's relevant, but it's not relevant, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, in Asia, for example, the biggest product in cosmetics is skin whitening cream. You know, that's the biggest seller is skin whitening cream. So it's not just amongst, you know, darker skinned women, um, predominantly, you know, what we call black women. It's also amongst, you know, Asian women as well. They're wanting to have a whiter, whiter skin because for some reason in our mind, we've decided that white equals beautiful. What the? You know, where did we get that story from? We get it from predominant white culture media that that's what we should be like. And it's yeah, gone. Like, no one's happy in their own skin, like their own skin. And I know for me, I've always been one of like the palest girls in the friendship group. I've always been so like, oh, I have to fake tan because I've always wanted to be more tan. And I know a lot of my friends like that as well. Yeah. But then it's like other girls like, no, I want to be lighter. And it's just, it's so odd how everyone has this such a mix and no one's happy with the skin they have. Like, no yeah. one's happy. Well, you know, my best friend and I, when we were your age, we used to hang out. We used to have this um, area of our school and we used to go and get body, like baby oil and literally cover ourselves in baby oil and bake in the sun, right? Now, crazy stuff. And then they brought out coca reef oil, but before that there was nothing like that. So he used baby oil. And seriously, we would cook ourselves. Now, she is my favourite friend in the whole world. I've known her since I was eight and she's had two cancer scares, um, melanomas and quite serious ones. Now, that's got to be put down to her thinking that she was meant to be darker-skinned when she was younger and because that would equal her being beautiful. Well, God, then she finished up fighting for her life. Now, it, it, is that worth it? I would argue no. Yeah. Um, Rejoice, quickly just bringing back up what you said, I'm just so happy that you brought that up because that just proves that it's so different for everyone, what their biggest struggle is and what impacts their body image the most. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So my next question is, I know that you already brought up some others, um, but do you have any other personal experience experiences that you'd like to share with us regarding the images of female expectations? Um, yeah, I look, as I said, I think my boobs were the biggest thing for me, but then, you know, there was other things too, like, um, you know, I, I shaved my legs from when I was really young and under my arms. I mean, I developed really early, so I think about nine and I was shaving. Um, and, and I thought that was what you just did. Like I, there was no, I had no other role model out there that didn't do that. You know, my mother did it, my grandmother did it, my aunts did it. Everyone removed hair from their body. And then um, then I, in my 20s, I went to Europe and I saw women with hair under their arms and I was shocked. I was like, 
Oh, my God. Now, these weren't women who were radical feminists or lesbian women. These were just women, you know, doing their stuff. And I was, and, you know, even though I'd travelled a fair bit, I'd never seen that before. So that gave me, I suppose, a licence and a freedom I because I saw it and I was like, I'm doing that. That's awesome. So, you know, for I think for about three years, I didn't shave anything, you know, and it was... It was pretty, you could dreadlock my, my um, leg hairs, girls. I mean, they were impressive. Um, and it was great. I really loved it. It was really good freedom. And, and then I came home and um, an ex-boyfriend saw me and he said, oh, my God, you would have to shave that. No one's going to date you with legs like that. And I went, well, you never will, will you? <laughs> because I was, I was so upset with him and uh, certainly I did find someone who wanted to date me with legs like that and it didn't matter to him it didn't he didn't care about that stuff um so I, I think that we have to do what's comfortable for us and and not be so concerned about what we think everyone else wants us to be really um yeah boobs were my biggest my biggest thing I always thought I was you know, like I think I said to you when I when I saw you last year. You know, most of us don't feel as though we're good enough. Yeah, we don't. We feel as though we're not enough. Um, I sometimes have felt the opposite. You know, that I'm too much. I'm too big. I'm too loud. My boobs are too big. Um, you know, I, I'm just too much of a woman for someone to cope with. Um, and I think that's just as bad as feeling not good enough. I, I think that we have to somehow come to some middle ground like you were saying before Emily about just being okay with who we are it doesn't matter if our boobs are big or you know our face is long or short or that stuff is really irrelevant and if you think about your friends you think about who you hang out with you you would never judge them like we judge ourselves in that way so, you know, why would we not be our best friend in that way? Yeah. I, don't, I hope that answers your question. Yes, totally. That's so good. Um, uh, and my last question was, what would you say to the people who are promoting misleading feminine ex expectations? Stop it. <laughs> I would just say stop it. Like, it, it is, it's so much part of the problem for young women and there is enough mental health issues around depression, anxiety, not feeling good enough, um, without more and more promoting that ideal that, you know, we, we as women are not, not enough in that way. So I, I think we, we deserve equality in all aspects of our lives and um, we need to be real. We need to be able to show each other our flaws and be comfortable with that. Um, and not not judge each other or ourselves, really. Um, so those are all my questions. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing your responses. That really opened my eyes, especially the social media part. Um, I'll definitely look through mine tonight. Um, so thanks again. Mine too. I'm due for a detox. Let's have a detox social media tonight, yeah. Um, so I guess it's over to me. Yes, my, um, my questions kind of are around fitting in relationships. Mm -hmm. So um, my first question for you is, what relationships do you value most in your life? 
um, the one I value the most in my life is myself, my relationship with myself. And that it's very hard to always stay, put that as your number one priority, especially when you have children or you get into relationships, intimate relationships with other people. Uh, we tend to have this idea that we're meant to put other people first, especially as young as women. We think we're meant to be, you know, look after the family, look after the man or look after the partner or whatever. And in actual fact, the most important relationship is yourself. So I would say myself first. Um, and then, and if we're doing it as a hierarchy, not that I think you should, but kind of, um, my boys would be, because I said I've got two teen boys, so it would be my next biggest priority and, and my, my love, um, my family and my friends, obviously. Um, and, the, and the thing that I probably value out of all of that, apart from people, is my freedom and I have always valued that um, uh, my son and I were talking about this the other night he said you know you're a weird woman mum I went yeah thank um, he said you know you, you never thought that relationships should continue all of your life and you've had numerous relationships and and, I, and he said you know dad said the other day that you never believed in, you know, forever after. And I said, no, that's right. And he said, but he still wanted to have a relationship with you. And I said, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like I have always gone through my life thinking that my freedom is more important to me than anything else, that I can not pack up and go, but I can be who I want to be. And I choose to be in a relationship with someone or I choose a job or I choose to live somewhere but when I no longer choose that, then I choose to do something else and I want to be able to do that. So um, there's a word and it's called, I've written it down. I'm, I'm going to post it up on Insta for you today. Um, it's called Monta, oh God, hang on, Moyakotazin. Um, and it's an old Spanish or Aztec word and it means she that reinvents herself. And that's me. I like the ability to reinvent myself. So having the ability to do that, that is one of the most important things to me. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my second question is, how do you deal with overcoming a breakup if, like, in any type, like a, that be a romantic breakup or um, a friendship breakup or even a family breakup? Well, I've had all three. Um, my partner of eight years and I broke up a couple of years ago and I am still working through that. It's taking me so much longer than I would want it to or um, would think it would. It's just it's taking forever and it's annoying. <laughs> I wish it would just go, but it's not. Um, so I still cry about it. I still get upset about it. I still get emotional about it. And what I've learned about pain in relationships is I just have to let it roll. I have to let those waves crash over me and I, I can't. Did, did you, maybe your mum and dad read you a book. I used to read my boys a book. Um, it's the bear. It's about a bear. And it says you can't go over it, you can't go under it, you've got to go through it. And that's how I feel about relationships is that it. 
there is nothing I can do to make that happen faster. Um, I just have to wear it. The other thing I've been working on this year is um, people are going to do what they're going to do. That's it. And there is nothing I can do about that. So I just better understand that they are who they are and I can't make them into someone else that they're not. I can't talk them into being something else and they're not. They just are who they are. So, you know, I really need to, you know, work on that constantly, really, instead of having an expectation of how I expect someone to be. So, you know, that intimate relationship has been a real struggle to, to move through, but I'm getting there. The other one was a girlfriend and I were very close for a long time and she made some remarks that I found really sad. So I stopped the relationship. Um, and said I'm not happy with what you'd said um, and I, I can't be friends with you because that means, because you're saying that, that means a whole lot of other things. Um, and she was heartbroken and she said, I'm really sorry and I want to make this work and, you know, you're dear to me and everything. And I went, okay, well, all right, I've, let's try again. Let's move through it and try again. But unfortunately her actions didn't match her words. So I didn't hear from her. She didn't answer a text, you know, a few texts. Um, and I was like, you know what? No, I, I value myself too much to say that I will accept that behaviour from a friend that I've had for 10 years and dear friend. But it's like, no, I'm just not going to accept that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I still struggle with relationships and they're one of the hardest things. You know, they're mirrors too. You know, they're there for us too have a look at ourselves and work out our priorities and our expectations and how much love we're prepared to give and how much we're not willing to give and if it's the appropriate person to do it with. So the very complex things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know like a lot of my friends, um, not so much like friendships or family relationships but more with like boys or even like friends that I have that are boys wanting to get into relationships with girls they worry because it's like relationships always going to go one of two ways. It's either going to work out or it's not. So it's like you either put yourself in that position and like prepare for it to go either way or you don't and it's hard. My, my advice around this is always jump in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Always love. You never know until you try. You never know until you try. Always take a gamble. I mean, as long as you're safe and, and it's, you know, you feel as though it's the right person. Um, I would never, would never guard my heart so much that I wouldn't go into a relationship because I'd be worried about being hurt. Hurt's part of life, and um, you know, the the joy of love and the the amount you get from love and give in a loving relationship is worth every bit of pain that you're going to feel at the other end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's how you learn, really. Absolutely. And I think it's how you learn what you don't want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you go, oh, that's how I figure it out too. You know, things that I've learned, I've learned that I really need someone in my life who's really smart, word, but challenging intellectually. You know, someone yeah. I can sit down and have a debate with and, and is passionate about their work. You know, they're things that really matter to me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't give a stuff if they've got, you know, cross-eyed or 
you know, no hair or I, that doesn't matter to me, but can they turn me on in my mind, you know, can yeah. they do that? If they can do that, then they're going to do much better with me than, you know, Brad Pitt. Yeah, maybe. No, no. <laughs> um, I also wanted to add that um, people need to start to um, think of people like even those like relationships with people don't work out. People need to like start considering it as like a blessing or a lesson because people come into your life for a reason. No one is ever in your life for like forever, but you have to think about all relationships positively, even if it ends out negative. Mm. Absolutely, and I think you have to have always come in. Like there'll yeah. always be some sort of benefit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Olivia. Yeah, I think also the relationships, like the relationship that I had with my uh, father of my kids. Um, you know, for the first couple of years was a little challenging because it was hard. You know, both of us were in a lot of pain, but we both decided that we really wanted to parent our children well. And, like he stays over here sometimes and, you know, we have Christmas together and, you know, go out for dinner and stuff together with the boys because, you know, that's, that matters. It matters and it's it's about learning about what we learnt from each other and what we loved about each other and respecting that. And I think we need to be respectful of each other in that way, really respectful. Because I wish that... Rejoice. It was more normalised that it's okay for people to leave your life. Like it's okay for a relationship to break up, um, friendship, um, like boyfriend and girlfriend, like it's okay. Yeah. And I think people think that it's not like and it's always someone's fault and it's not. Sometimes people just grow and they drift away from each other and that's okay and it's normal. But Most it's hard times. because a lot of people don't think it is. Yeah, most times. I mean, if I can go to Christy, you know, and ask you a question, you know, out of all the relationships you've had over your lifetime, apart from your family, how many have you still got? When growing up, when I was in high school, I had so many friends, boys, girls, like, and I probably can count on one hand now my, my close friends. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, we think that these friends that we have now are going to be with us for life. And look, there are a few that might be, but the majority won't be. And for good reason. You need to grow and learn and change and adapt and move through life. That's just what's meant to happen. Meant to do it. It's like shoes. You know, you just try on different shoes and you wear them for a while and they're comfy and you love them and, and then you've had enough and they don't work anymore for you. You know, they're too high or too short or too tight or, you know, it, that's enough then. And you, uh, and you can do it as long as you do it respectfully. I think it's an okay thing. Definitely. Um, do you have any advice for girls who struggle with the idea of fitting in or not fitting in? Um, I think we just have to be ourselves. Um, and I think that sometimes we have to reach out a little bit. Like I don't fit a norm in any shape or form. And um, and recently I think you know, with COVID it's been, it's been quite a lonely time for a lot of us, you know. So I've tried different ways of finding my tribe, as I call it. So... I'm into weaving at the moment. So I've been weaving baskets, these really cool baskets. 
So, you know, I'm learning different ways of weaving. I've been joining, you know, Indigenous women's weaving groups and meeting them and talking to them and um, and joining a committee on International Women's Day um, for next year. So, so I think finding the things that you like and trying to to fit into spots where that might work, you know. I mean, I, I would class myself as a feminist, but does that mean I want to join every feminist group? No. Um, or, you know, I'm quite creative, but that doesn't mean that I want to go and join a painting group because I can't paint for nuts. So I think we have to be selective in how we fit in and knowing that we will find our tribe and it may not be at school. It may not be for a few years. It might be until you get to uni or you get into a job or you find a different group of friends. That's okay. It doesn't have to be right here, right now. Even if you've just got one person that is okay enough, then that's okay. No, you do need someone. You've got to keep searching till you find at least one person that you can sort of stay connected to a little bit. Um, uh, so... You know, the other thing I went and did last weekend was I went to a Viking festival because um, I've been watching Vikings on Netflix and I just loved it. It reminded me of travel and, and I got dressed up and I put, you know, runes all over my face and, you know, um, did my hair with like, dreadlocks with these kind of beads in it and things. And I had so much fun and I just went by myself because I thought, I want to go. None of my friends want to go to something like that. I'm like, I'm going. I want to have a look and got dressed up and went along and talked to a few people and had a great day and, you know, it was just doing what fills me up, I suppose, in that way. So the fitting in can be also just fitting in with yourself and, and that's okay, I think, doing whatever it takes to live your best life. Mm -hmm. um, what else do I have about that? Oh, the other thing about fitting in that I was thinking about when I was thinking about your questions was when we try too hard to fit in, it doesn't feel right, does it? It doesn't feel comfortable. You know, like we, we know in our heart that this is not really, we don't want to be that girl or we don't want to be that person or, yeah, okay, we might join a sports group or whatever. We're like, I don't particularly like this. I'm just doing it so that people will like me or I'll find something to do or people will, you know, I'll fit in. Oh, that's not real authenticity. Just keep trying to find little avenues that you like, you know. Like if, if I look at Olivia's room, you know, she's got all these really cool pictures up there and stuff like that. So, you know, there's things that interest you, obviously, that are fascinating and interesting to you that may not be to Emily or may not be to Rejoice or, you know, there be things that Rejoice is really into that maybe you guys aren't into. So we just have to find that authentic heart, things that make our heart sing. And I think that's where you find you, you're fitting in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my final question for you is sort yeah. of a big one. Um, yeah. What does it mean to you, like, to be a woman? That is such a great question. Did, did you come up with this? Um, I'm not going to lie. I did go into my questions and find that somebody had added it, so I don't know whose it was, but it's a very good question. <laughs> great. Do you know whose it was, Christy? I think it was Miss Libs. Was it? It's really, it's really good question. Um, so this was my thought because I had to think about that one. Um, it, it means to me that I get to do what I want to do. That's what being a woman means to me. Um, 
that I can I can be in the world and be sometimes a role model to girls that you know that they can they can see something outside of what they normally see and I think that gives girls freedom to be whoever they want to be as well I'm not saying I'm so fantastic at it I'm just saying it's another option um, I think also it it means that I can be the CEO of two companies you know I can win awards which I've done over the last couple of years for different things which has been so lovely like so humbling and so lovely um, and a recognition that I'm that I'm out doing what I love to do and that shows I suppose in that way um, and the other thing about being a woman is that I have a voice and I use it you know that I get to to say something things aren't okay I get to to be bitchy about something if I'm angry about something and complain about it um, but I also get the opportunity to praise people and to say how fabulous I think they are and they're doing a great job and you know I'm so happy with them and you know or I see a girl on this like I saw a girl the other day she was dressed gothic in Adelaide completely gothic she had this fabulous jacket on and it had like moons all over it now I could only see it from the back but I thought I'm going up to you because you look fabulous darling so I went up to her and I said hello sweetheart I said, just want to tell you you look absolutely amazing now as she turned around she had black all over her face she had piercings in all different parts of her face um, she had these beautiful big eyes that shone out at me which were just gorgeous now she was so in a room, so comfortable and just showing who she was and I thought you know as an older woman we need to be saying to younger women you are amazing look at you shining there whatever that looks like you know and so that's what I get to do I get to do that as being a woman I get to spend time with younger women saying god look at you you're just yummy you know and and mean that and really mean that um, and to share some love around that. I think that's, for me, being a woman, that's what that means. It doesn't mean being perfect or any of that. It's, that doesn't turn me on, you know. Mm -hmm. What turns me on is being passionate and watching other people live their passion and be happy and doing their thing, shining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's thank you. That was such a beautiful answer. I know I loved it and I'm sure... All the other girls in here today loved it as well. Um, so I guess that brings us kind of to the end of the podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really loved having this talk with you. Um, I know a lot of the year 10 girls this year who are with you last year will definitely be listening in on this week's podcast because I know we really missed you a lot. That's gorgeous. Thank you so much, my darlings. I'm so sad I can't come over this year, but you know I will be over next year, and I will I will pop in and say hello. If, if I'm not, if I can't get over there for whatever you know for money reasons, then I'll get in there somehow and say hello. Yeah, just wish you all the very best. I do have some homework for you. Mm -hmm. This is what I want you to do. I want you to find a quote or make up a quote of yourselves and a photo of yourselves and post it to me 
like send it by Instagram to me, right? Just yeah. a photo of you, no filter, or you can wear makeup if you want to, whatever you like. No filter, because I did one for you today. I put it up on Instagram just before we came up. There's no filter. Um, and a quote, anything you like about being you. Yeah. And I want to see it. So that's your homework. You thought you did all homework. <laughs> so, yeah, so, and tag us, you know, and look, stay connected to good stuff on Instagram and stuff because, you know, there's some great things out there that are really passionate and quotey and fabulous and inspiring and stuff. So, you know, stay connected to us or other people out there that are, that are great around that. So it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, my darlings. And, um... I, I'm, yes, hearted. Oh, how do I do it? Um, and I'll be thinking of you all. It's been my my honour to spend, you know, an hour with you girls. And, and I love you all and I hope you're doing okay over there. My heart is with you. <laughs>